everyone. Welcome to Pivot and Thrive. I'm your host, Kim Shea, and today is January 13th, 2021. This is episode 11 of season two, and today I have the privilege of speaking with Raina Nisus. She is the owner of A Season of Caring, which is a business that is focused on coaching people to do the best caregiving they can and to understand how it fits into their lives and to be as fulfilled as they can while they're doing the caregiving and uh, keeping in mind what their role is right now and to try and feel like they're not alone in this process, which is very easy to do. She's a caregiving coach to help people understand how to do their caregiving job the best they can. She's also the author of a book that's coming out in June called No Regrets, Hope for Your Caregiving Season. So I'd like to welcome Raina Nisus to our program. Thank you for coming by, Raina. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Um, so you have been a caregiver, but tell us about your background, if you, and you can include that too, but tell us about who you are. Sure. So I have the story no one wants to have. Um, I actually lost both of my parents to Alzheimer's disease 20 years apart. So my mom was diagnosed when I was just 16 years old and lived at home with my dad as her primary caregiver for 12 years before her passing. And seven years after uh, her passing, my dad was diagnosed. And so we went on a 14-year journey with him, and we just lost him in June of 2018. So I've been a classroom teacher, a small business owner, and a caregiver. And so um, through my caregiving season, I trained to be a coach and found myself after my season of caring for my dad was over, just really passionate about helping others to be able to juggle life and be able to honor their parents and walk them all the way home at the same time as have a life worth living in the process and a life you know, ready to walk back into once their loved one is passed, because so many times it can become all consuming. It's very easy to have that happen. As a former caregiver, I know it's so easy to just burn yourself out doing so much for somebody else. And I think especially with your parents, and I have not had to take care of my own parent. Um, I think there must be tremendous guilt and feeling like you have to do everything for them. Did you feel that? I think the pattern that my dad showed us in caring for my mom, definitely when I was younger, you know, one of the places that I found myself at 16 or 17 was, do I go off to college or do I stay home? I mean, my mom had this terminal illness. And at the time, you know, the research was telling me I probably had four to six years with her. And so I really did struggle with that some. And my dad did an amazing job of just saying, you know, Raina, I'm here to care for your mom and you go live your life. And that's what's going to make both of us happy. And so I was able to make those decisions and, and engage in life. But at the same time, you know, found myself struggling with a little bit of that being far away from them and not being able to be there as much as possible. When it came time to care for my dad, you know, I, my husband was amazingly supportive and dad didn't have anyone else. You know, I have an older sister and she was there as well, but um, we just got to a place where we knew he couldn't be where he at home alone and that we would need to do something different. And my husband, as we went and looked at memory care units, you know, they're beautiful facilities, but my dad was a, um, played volleyball up until he was 82 years old. Uh, he loved to lift weights wow. and go to the gym. So we just didn't see him. I couldn't see him living in a facility like that and just 
staying there all the time. And so um, I just was brought to tears thinking of that. And my husband said, you know, if you need to move here and take care of your dad, then you need to do that. Our farm is 220 miles from my dad's home. And so it definitely created a challenge of being able to take care of him as well as, you know, I had a teenager at home and a husband and all the things that needed to be done. So um, I don't know that I struggled with guilt, but I definitely had to be intentional to make those choices to be able to do what needed to be done. So you had a son too. So you're part of what they call the sandwich generation where you had, you were trying to meet the needs of everybody. Definitely. We, in fact, um, I'm a stepmom to four. And so three of our four were just newly married. We were starting to get grandkids and a Mm. lot of things were happening in life at that time when, when dad needed me most. So that juggle is real and definitely difficult. Yeah, it is difficult. And my hat is off to you. I have tremendous respect for anyone who's a caregiver to people with dementia. I I have not done that type of caregiving, and I just have a lot of respect for that. I think it's a very challenging type of caregiving to be doing with people who don't understand, understand what you're saying, or you might not even be able to communicate with them. It's just, it's such a hard type of caregiving to me, I, at least from my opinion. I really respect that, that you were able to do that and take that on. It definitely is. I think educating yourself is really important so that you understand what's happening in the brain and you kind of learn how to deal with your emotions. I think that's part of the reason why having a coach or a counselor in that season is so important because there are a lot of emotions in it. When your parent doesn't even know who you are, um, when they are speaking unkindly, when they are hitting, all of those things happened in caring for my dad. But I was able to say, he's just confused. He's just hurt. He doesn't understand what's happening and come about it in a way of being calm and peaceful and offering love and comfort. And that really helped to diffuse the situation. But it was a, it was a process that took time to learn and to ne- figure out with him what was going to work well and how to, again, deal with my own emotions to try to decelerate the situation rather than increase what was happening. Uh, I'm, it's admirable that you had so much perspective too. And I'm sure that is the key is to be able to have perspective and keep it in mind. I know I always have advised people when they're doing caregiving and they're frustrated with their parents or their loved ones to just remind them that the person that you're dealing with now is not necessarily who the person really is. And they wouldn't want you to be sacrificing yourself in order to take care of them. I mean, there has to be a fine balance where you're taking care of somebody else, but not running yourself or your family into the ground. It's really a hard balancing act. Definitely agree. I think that's one of the biggest challenges I find as I coach others is we kind of have an all or nothing thinking. And that is that we're going to go all in and let everything else go and neglect the marriage, neglect our children, or our grandchildren, or those friendships, our jobs, or we have a tendency to just hand it all off and say, I can't do this. I, I don't know how to do this. I just don't know what to do. And so kind of stick our heads in the sand a little bit of how serious the situation is. And so finding that uh, opportunity to say, okay, how can I find my balance? How can I do what I need to do and love my family well and take care of the needs? And there is a way to do that. It, does, it means that you don't do 100% of it. I mean, that's one of the biggest keys. My, We were able to have my dad stay in his home all the way until his death. 
but it took up to 13 people at times for us to run 24-7 care in the home caring for him. So I was one in the very beginning, three days a week, I was there with him, spent three nights a week with him. But we had a day-stay facility where he was able to go during the day and have good care there. We had um, paid help. We had other family members, one of his sisters, my sister. We all just teamed together to help meet those needs. One of us could not have done it all. And that's what I find is really being able to step outside and say, Okay, who can we get to mow the grass? It doesn't have to be me, but I can, you know, I can hire the neighbor boy. Um, really being able to to just look at each of the tasks that need to be done and and make decisions, not just let yourself get sucked into doing it all. I think that's beautiful. So you're not draining yourself. That's great, and it takes a village in these types of situations, and you have to lean on other people. And how do you feel? I feel like it's a nice thing. I don't know how you feel about this, but I think it's nice to allow other people to be a part of the process too. Because then when the person has passed, they know that they helped, they helped you, they also helped your dad, they helped, you know, they just helped, as you put it so beautifully in the beginning, bring that person home or walk that person home. They were a part of that. How do you feel about that? It was amazing. Definitely a growing area for me because I'm just a woman who gets it done. And so mm-hmm. I was typical, used to being able to just come in and and take care of things. And so, and you know, we all think that our way is the best way, right? That's just kind of, of the course. way that we think. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, so, we do it differently. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so when we brought caregivers in, you know, some of them weren't my favorite, just to be completely honest, but it was so fun to watch my dad interact with them. And I was just sharing with a client earlier this week, and she was talking about her mom who has Alzheimer's, and that by the end of the day, she's like, I'm just not, I'm just short with her. I don't want to be short with her, but I am short with her. And I said, you guys have been together all day long. She's probably sick of you. And she just (laughs) laughed. She's like, I never thought of that. I said, you know, I found bringing other personalities in, they did things a little differently, or they had a different sense of humor. My dad loved the male caregivers. They just had a whole different relationship, you know? And so it was a blessing to have those different personalities. And one of the things that I've done is created a caregiving quiz so that you can see what your caring style is. And it lets you take a look at your hope team is what I call them is different personalities and be able to see what your caring personality is. And maybe some of the strengths of the tasks that you do compared to other personalities and what their strengths might be so that you can really take a look at your team and say, okay, maybe we need that fun loving opal because we're all just stressed out and we need somebody who can do things that are fun and light. And, you know, even the person you're caring for enjoys those personalities personalities. So I think it is important to have a full team and to really understand the strengths and weaknesses of the people of the team. That That's brilliant. That really is very impressive that you approach it from that angle, the way one runs a well-operating business where, you know, this is your strength, this is your strength, but it takes everybody to make it happen. So I like that. Is your caregiving quiz on your website? Caregivingquiz.com. You can access that for free. Okay. That's cool. All right. We'll make sure we include that in the show links for everybody. Now, I my audience is primarily people who are facing retirement or who have al- already retired. And so the fact of a lot of times is that people think they're going into retirement and now they're going to go do the fun things they want to go do or reinvent themselves or whatever. And a lot of people aren't realizing that caregiving is still a big part of a lot of people's lives, even in retirement. So the focus can't just be on themselves. They still have other people to take care of. 
people are living longer. So even if someone retires at the age of 65, they may have an aging parent they have to take care of, or there may be a sibling who's having health problems or even an adult child. So um, what do you advise for people who are older? You're you're pretty young. So um, what about people who are older who are doing caregiving? Anything special for them? You know, I think it brings me right back to my mom's diagnosis. My mom was 53 when she was diagnosed. And so she passed at 65. My mom and dad had amazing dreams of retirement. And they wanted to travel and they wanted to do things together. My dad was um, in a position at Folgers Coffee as the chief financial officer of the Kansas City plant. And he decided about 18 months in um, the diagnosis to go ahead and retire early and take care of my mom. And they did some traveling, but it never was what they dreamed. And so I think one of the things that's really important is realizing dreams are important and you need to pursue what you can, but you also might have to let go of those. And that's a hard process. There's a lot of grief involved in that, but it is something that really has to be done. So realizing that some of those dreams might need to be something that looks different, or you might have to let go of those dreams. The other piece that I would say that's so important that most of us don't want to talk about is long-term care insurance. And my parents both had long-term care insurance and having the financial um, savings to make choices really made a big difference in how our family was able to care for my parents as they aged. Both my mom and my dad, we were able to have the resources that we needed to keep them at home because that's what they wanted. And so I would say really make sure you look at your insurance, you look at your financial situation, and you really understand what is Medicare going to pay for? What isn't going to pay for? You know, what options do you have? And have those conversations with your kids. One of the things that really was a driving factor for me was after my dad's diagnosis, he sat my sister and I down and said, I really want to be at home as long as possible. And that just gave me kind of that North Star. What each time we dealt with any kind of physical um, struggle, it was like, how do we keep him at home? What can we do to meet his needs physically, keep him happy and healthy? That was always my goal. I want him to be as happy and healthy as long as possible. And so I, I had the resources to do that. And I also had kind of the marching orders that this is where mm-hmm. he wanted to be. And so I think those conversations are so important. Talk, talk, talk to your loved ones about what's important to you and how you want to be able to accomplish that. Because if you haven't financially planned for it and you want to stay at home, that's probably unrealistic because it is very expensive to get the care that you need. And just like you said earlier, in order for your children not to give up their entire life, you know, they're going to need to have some resources to help take care of you. Yeah, that is valuable. I'm I'm not an expert on long-term care insurance. I know it has changed from what it used to be if you bought it several decades ago, but I know that it's a helpful tool that everybody should have as part of their portfolio. So that's a really excellent point. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so did your dad ever get to go do any of the things that he had wanted to do after your mother passed? So he actually did some of those things while he while she was still alive. He allowed me to come in and take care of her. And he um, loved baseball. In fact, he played for the Brooklyn Dodgers when he was young and blew out a wow. knee. So he had a short career there, but oh. he loved to play. And so he found a 55 plus team and he played softball three times a week all the way from that time when he retired um, all the way up until he was in his late 70s. 
and they traveled and went to uh, World Series for the seniors. And he was able to do a lot of those things that he really did love. So that was one of his big outlets was being able to travel with the team and play the sports that he enjoyed. Some of the things, you know, that they dreamed of doing, like retiring to Florida, he found being closer to family was more important once he went through that season of losing my mom. But he was able to do some traveling with his sister and some other things. So some of the things happened. Yeah. But as you said, sometimes you have to change things. Mm -hmm. And that's true for anybody in retirement. A lot of times somebody wants to retire and they want to travel around the world and they just don't have the finances to do it. So they have to get creative. And that makes me happy to hear your dad got to do some things that he loved to do. It's really great. Um, so what's your, who's your typical client? I would say a professional woman who is really in that sandwich generation. I think most of us fall in there where we either have almost adult children or moving into that adult children stage um, who are really just trying to walk that line of offering the support to their parent that they need without taking over. I think, again, so many are like me. I'm just used to getting it done. I'm just going to step in and take care of things. And we have to respect them. And it's their choices and their life. And we need to make sure that we do that carefully so that we preserve the relationship. Because we're not just the boss of anyone. We're not, we're not becoming our parents' parent. We're, we're just coming alongside them and supporting them as their needs increase. We're helping them get their needs met. And so for every family, that's going to look different, but I love being able to come alongside and just help through the emotional uh, decisions that they make and just navigating those relationships as well as helping them to examine possibilities of, of what it might look like different than maybe what they're dreaming of themselves of how to care for their parents as they age. That's really great. Who would you say, I mean, have you had any like success stories that are especially meaningful to you, people that you've coached? So one client comes to mind right now, and she actually has her mom living in in her home with her, and she has dementia, and she just really had reached a point where She was very dedicated to keeping her at home, but she was losing herself. And so just by working together, we've talked about some of those things that bring her joy and helped her to re-engage in those things and bring in more help so that she can re-engage in the things that bring her joy so that she can both be the parent she wants to be as well as the child to her mom that she wants to be. That's, That's wonderful. I saw on your website, you have some workshops. What what are those like? So our workshops are offered kind of seasonally so that we can talk about one that we recently had was just how to how do we handle this holiday season, you know, in especially with COVID and things look so different this year, but actually spending some time just an hour together to talk about some of those questions about what is most important for you in the holiday, what is most important for your parent in the holiday, and how do we accomplish those things? So we just had an opportunity to sit down and really examine some of those things. I think so many times we find new fun things um, in the holiday season, but we don't let go of some of the other things. And this year, I think that became even more obvious to everybody is that this busyness around this time of the year had lots of things in it that we really could let go of and not miss too much. But there were certainly things that we did miss and we want to make a priority. So I have workshops that just allow us to come together and have some of those conversations, opportunities to kind of maybe think through things you haven't thought of before. So they just kind of depend from season to season what's available. I like that a lot. I think a lot of times people who are in a caregiving situation tend to get themselves isolated 
And so that's nice to be able to reach out to other people and realize you really are not alone in this. There's a lot of caregivers. There are so many people. And I do think one of the keys there is that when we find ourselves in this season of life, I call it a season because I was just a daughter and I was just stepping in to take care of my dad because he couldn't do it for himself. So it took me a while to take on that caregiver name. And so I think oftentimes people think of caregivers as the paid people who come in, not the family members, but the family is really where you have so much more to deal with. Not only do you need to take care of the physical needs, but you have the emotional needs of both your parent and yourself. And so being able to step into that and realize you are a caregiver, it is important to put on that hat and realize that there's stresses that come with that. Yeah, that's an interesting point you bring up. It seems like a lot of people don't really know that they are a caregiver. Mm -hmm. And they, you know, they're managing everything. They're taking their parents to all the appointments. They're doing everything for the person and they're the caregiver, but they don't know that that's what they are. But I think that's nice to find that you get the support from those workshops that you're holding. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And and just even embracing that hat and saying, I am a caregiver. There's things I need to learn. I can learn to be more efficient at this and to not allow it to be so stressful in my world. And that's part of the goal too. So medication management, like you said, doctor's appointments, there's a lot of things like that that can be really overwhelming that getting Mm -hmm. support can help you see how to do it easier. Yeah. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel because there's other people who've already gone before you. And that's, that's beautiful that you're doing that now you're, you've been through it and now you're helping other people. Um, you use the word season a lot. So, um, and is that, I mean, what, what brought that image up for you specifically that it's a season? I feel like it's really important for people to realize it's a season because especially in the thick of it, it can feel like there's no end. I took care of my dad and drove that 220 miles for four and a half years. And to be honest with you, there were times that it was just like, this is all there is. This is the, this is the way the rest of the life, my life was going to look. But my dad did pass and that season did come to an end. And I'm so thankful for the priority I placed on him, the memories that we made, um, just the times that we had to share so much time that we wouldn't have had if he didn't have those needs, that we just hung out together. We talked baseball, we played ping pong, you know, we just spent time together we wouldn't have been able to spend if he wasn't in a place where he had so many needs. So I think it's important to understand it's a season because there's going to be other seasons afterwards. And I want everyone to be able to look back and say, I don't have any regrets. I buried my parents with no regrets. That's a powerful statement. But you only can do that if you're intentional in your season. And Mm -hmm. so I think the word season helps us to realize that it will come to an end. And there will be a new season for other needs and other things. And that's kind of where I am now. You know, it's exciting to be able to have a book coming out and meet so many great people in this caregiving realm and be able to offer support to them. And that was not something I could have done while I was caring for my dad. So each season of life requires different priorities. And just like when you're a young mom of a mom of young children, you have priorities and that season changes. And this season of caring for an aging parent will change as well. It's very important to keep that perspective. Um, I do want to talk about your book, but before I get to that, I want to ask you, so what about somebody who cannot take care of their aging parent in their own home? They, you know, they have serious back problems or they don't have the 
the space or the setup to accommodate somebody with maybe wheelchair and things like that. But there are parents in a nursing home and they're the ones that are going in there. They're on call 24 seven to the nursing home. If there's an issue that comes up and they've got to go in there and deal with it, you consider those people to be caregivers too. Definitely. And that's one of the things I think that's so important for people to understand is what your season looks like depends on your family and your dynamics. You know, sometimes not everybody has the relationship that they even can meet the physical needs of their parent because the parent might not be kind or there might just be some division in there that's really causing a problem that you aren't the best person to step into that relationship. But I do want people to realize even if you aren't hands-on caring, you are still part of the caring team. And even I talk to people that are long distance, you know, I don't live by my mom and dad, but you have such an important role because you are their child and they love you. Just picking up the phone and checking in on them can make such a big difference. And even for the sibling that maybe lives right right by your parents, I was the one that was 220 miles away. My sister was three miles away. What my sister needed to do, she took care of all those doctor's appointments when I wasn't in town. You know, the things that fell on her shoulders were different than what what fell on my shoulders, but we were both actively engaged. And I think even if your parent is having their physical needs met by someone else, no one can meet their emotional needs like you can. You're, You're their child. They love you. You're really important. And so staying involved in those doctor's appointments, understanding the challenges of your parents' health, I think is an important role if your parent's not living with you or you're not right there with them, as well as just the emotional needs of your parents. Okay, so you can coach somebody in that type of a situation. Definitely. If they're not as hands-on. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. good to know. So tell me about your book, No Regrets, Hope for Your Caregiving Season. Tell us about that. So my book came out of my season of caring for my dad. Um, You know, just there was so much to learn. And so I wanted to be able to share some of the tips, practical things that we learned and helping navigate things with my dad, from taking medications, um, to managing, you know, a household and, and staff, hiring and firing caregivers, all of that kind of thing that was a part of that, as well as that important component of taking care of your own well-being. And so half of the book is those practical tips with stories of experiences of caring for my dad during that four and a half years, as well as then how I cared for myself. How did I be able to bury him with no regrets? How did I get to the place where I was able to stay engaged with our kids and my grandkids and volunteer things that I did at church, you know, keep those friendships going while I was out of town half the time, just learning how to juggle all those things. And so No Regrets is an opportunity for me to just share the things that worked for me and to offer some tools and tips for the readers to be able to see if they can help support them. Okay, that sounds good. So that comes out in June. Mm -hmm. And um, that I see that on your website, the link is there. So people can click from there and go straight to order the book. And they can pre-order right now, right? You can pre-order right now. And I am in the process of getting those pre-order bonuses out there. So um, the ebook will actually be released in March. And so um, there will be some pre-order bonuses if you'd like to go ahead and jump on and take care of that now. Within the next week, we'll have some new things up. How fun. That's so cool. How long did that take you to write? A little over a year. So it was quite a process. 
Yes, it w- it's been an amazing process and, and so fun to be able to revisit a lot of those challenges that we faced, as well as things that I felt like I could look back on and say, you know, we just did that differently. In fact, I had a um, the director of the facility that he stayed at on some days during the week, came to us at the funeral and just said, you guys need to write a book. And I was like, oh, no way. And she, I mm-hmm. said, why do you think that? And she said, you guys just helped your dad so much. She said he was so happy throughout the entire process. And she said, I really think you have a lot to share. And so that challenged me to sit down and say, okay, what what would I tell my best friend who's going through this? And that's kind of how I approached the book. That's really cool. You know, a lot of people talk about writing a book, Raina, and they don't do it. So I think it's awesome that you did that. Thank you. And, you know, you have a lot on your plate, so you still manage to do it. It's really, that's really neat. Well, thank you so much for your time, Raina. I really appreciate it. And um, I'll include the link to your website on here. And what's the name of your podcast? A Season of Caring. <laughs> a Season of Caring. Okay, so people can find that too be very helpful if you are an active caregiver right now to be able to listen. And and you talk to other caregivers? Yes, I have a variety of different um, experts from different fields as well as caregivers. And then um, I have a co-host. So I interview a new person each week. And then the next week, I have a co-host that's a caregiver right now for her husband and her dad. And we just have an opportunity to kind of talk through some of the challenges that we've been experiencing and and have um, our experience to share with others. So uh, it's a really fun time, about 20 minutes. So it's a great time for a drive or uh, like you said, if you're in a season of caring right now, being able to just um, plug it in and listen. So yeah, well, it's great that you're giving back so much. So, you know, your parents benefited from you and now other people can too. It's very admirable. So thank you. Thank you, Kim. It's been great to be here. And I know those of you that are thinking retirement probably don't want to hear about caregiving, but I think the key is before you get there, having those tough conversations and really realizing that it's going to be a part of your life, realizing that it's going to be a part of your life will make such a big difference in the long run. So thanks again for the opportunity, Kim. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Pivot and Thrive. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you know anybody who you think would be a great subject for this podcast, please have them contact me. They can go to my website, retirementpurposecoach.com. And at the bottom of that front page, there is a contact section and they can just reach me right there. I'd love to hear from them. I am a certified retirement coach, so if you need any help from me with your retirement so that you have your own success story, you can contact me there as well. I'd like to thank Bokuwa and Wizzy2K for the use of their song, Will You Stay With Me? I have the link to that song in the show notes. Have an excellent rest of your day, whatever it is that you're doing. I hope it's purposeful. You'll enjoy your life so much better if that's your focus. Bye for now. Because of you, 